If I can get your attention, we're going to read God's Word in a moment. As we open our Bibles or our bulletins to read uh, the verse that is in front of us, John chapter 13, beginning in verse 31, we notice that this is a story um, that speaks how Jesus looks to provide a context to the struggles that are ahead for him and even for the disciples, and how he uh, anchors this moment and the, even the struggle that they would live in this idea of love and his commandment to the disciples to love one another, even in the midst of such moment. So let us read uh, beginning in verse 31 of John chapter 13. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and glorify him at once. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. You will seek me, and just as I said to the Jews, so now I also say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love one for one another. Let us pray. Lord, thank you for your word, for it is true that in your spirit, it truly reflects in us your love, that others may know that we are your followers. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So as we see this story that evidently shows a moment uh, in which the disciples would be marked by the love of Christ and where they would hear words that would mark them unto that same love and how Jesus would provide help for them to learn how to love in such a way but what's amazing, of course, is not just uh, that he's saying these words and that he's allowing them this very intimate moment, but it's actually what is behind the context and how that context marks them uh, to be his disciples, even at a time where they would be uh, soon so confused and even dispersed because See, soon Jesus would be taken from them and taken violently in a way that would certainly uh, challenge what they thought and what they believe about Jesus. So Jesus is trying to prepare them as he's about to leave them, as even he is telling them this, to comfort them, to prepare them, and to give them assurance that no matter what, everything is going to be okay. Because this is all part of God's plan. Uh, and of course, not only is he uh, talking to the frightened disciples, he's talking to the wider church. And even to us tonight about these words that should mark us as well. This moment that should also mark us, that we may also learn how to love. And, and so as he's sitting at the table... And, and he's thinking about what is about to happen. Uh, and he's uh, see in front of him Peter, who would deny him. Judas, who would betray him. 
The one concerning his heart is to not only speak, but to demonstrate to the disciples what it means to love him. And of course, as he warns them and, and, and speaks to them about this betrayal of Judas uh, that is about to happen, uh, and as they are confused about this announcement, he shares bread with Judas, and Judas leaves the room. And, and John puts it this way. John says, Judas immediately went out, and it was night. What a way to put it. Immediately Judas went out, and it was night. Not because he was just dark outside, not because the sun had already faded away, but because once Judas was gone out of their group, these would unfold events that would lead to the very death of Christ in the cross. And, and right at that moment where the tension is so thick and, and emotions are perhaps about to explode, Jesus does something radical. This is not just about his words. It's about how he demonstrates love. And so he stands and he um, uh, takes off his outer garments and he picks a bowl and he picks a towel and he get it, gets on his knees in front of them. Now you have to understand that this is not merely a symbolic gesture or uh, some strange metaphor that they, it would be hard for them to comprehend. For you see, in those days, uh, there were so, all the roads were unsurfaced and, and everybody walked in sandals. So that means that uh, uh, feet would be caked with dirt and, and feet would be so dirty. So a good host would have some water and would provide some water at the entrance of the house. And if you had a really good, extra good host, he would actually have someone clean your feet for you. But this was a, a task that was so lowly uh, before them that actually not even a male Jew servant could do that. It would have to be either a woman, a child, or perhaps a non-Jew that would do that. So what does Jesus do? He reverses that. And he redefines love and says, this is what love looks like. And this is the love of the gospel that he would soon demonstrate even in the cross. That in the darkest moment, in the most tenseful moment, love breaks through. And love says, I will serve. I will give. I will be the one that loves. And that is what Jesus is doing to them. Showing them in such a way. And of course, if in the darkest hour, love and even the pursue, the pursuing of God's glory upon His Son is able to break through in that moment, what dark moment wouldn't the love of God break through even unto us? What moment would be too dark for God's glory not to come through? What moment would be so dark that we could not trust and wait on Him to know even His love. So He doesn't, of course, just uh, see the disciples marked by this moment, but He also marks them with His words. And so He speaks and tells them that there is this new command, commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. And of course, in, in a sense, this is not a new commandment since 
Even in Leviticus already, it had been said that you should love your neighbor as yourself. What was certainly new about this commandment is the context in which it happens, the moment in which it comes to them in the darkest hour when things were most tenseful. Of course, what is new about this is that Jesus sets the bar for what love really is. So you see that we cannot say, well, I will love who I want to love and how I want to love them. That is not the creature setting the bar for love, but it's actually the creator. It is the author. It is the one that makes us uh, to, to be loved by Him. One who calls us, even as we have gone far from Him, calls us yet back again to love Him. So that He says, He explains, He helps us understand how this love works. Because you see, love intervenes. Love steps in. Love doesn't say, well, you ought to do as you please. Love is not afraid to correct and to challenge and to question. It intervenes. It comes through and it speaks words of truth. And even in a moment, even in words, it changes who we are that time. And this is how Jesus challenges and encourages the disciples to love. And even us today, in our moment, so that we may ask ourselves, if this is truly, if this truly is the picture of love, if these are the words of love, that we ought to love one another the way Jesus loved us. And then to see that in the context of Him washing the feet of the disciples, that we would even ask ourselves, how am I a lover to my spouse? How am I loving Jesus as I am loving my children at home? How is this love present at work? Because we don't get to invent it. And we don't get to move the bar of what that love looks like. Because we were commanded by Jesus to love in this way. Now, of course, that brings a challenge. Because if this is a commandment, it's implied that we are being ordered to love. Can anybody be ordered to love? That's a challenge to us, isn't it? John Sanford, a psychologist, psychologist, puts it this way. The difficulty from a psychological point of view with this command is that love cannot be willed. The person who tries to love by a mere act of the will is likely to wind up with a facade that looks like he or she is loving, but with a shadow hidden in the unconsciousness that negates it. Love must come from the heart if it is to be genuine. It cannot pretend, not even with the best of intentions. And he goes on to say even that a, a time love that is misunderstood in this way actually serves as an artificial response that manipulates people to uh, hide frustrations and angers. So even though this is a commandment, Jesus provides more than just the words or the demonstration. He actually provides us the key that we may understand how this works. And look right there in verses 3 and 4 of that chapter 13. Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into His hands. Jesus knowing 
knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from the supper, he laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. So how did Jesus do it? He could do it because he knew himself well. And he knew that the Father had given unto him all things. He knew that he came from the Father. He knew that he would go back to, his, to the Father. He knew his place of origin. He knew where he, his future was. So we are called to love by knowing Jesus personally. By committing to him. You see, and then are we left to, we are to imitate Jesus. Well, that's a challenge in itself as well, right? Well, not only Jesus gave us the moment, um, the words of love, the commandment, but he also gives us a helper. Later on, in that same context of this hard conversation with the disciples, Jesus says this to them in chapter 16. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send Him to you. And when He comes, He will convict the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all the truth. He will glorify Me, for He will take what is Mine and declare it to you. And who is this Helper? is the Holy Spirit. One that would give Jesus to the disciples, that gives Jesus to us, that we may experience Him in a new way. That we may hear His words in a new way, as if He's marking us that we belong to Him. That we may love as He loves. That we may even venture to love in such a radical way. We renew hearts with the death of renewed hearts. That when the night time comes and we feel that we cannot love, that we may cry out to Him knowing that He has given us the moment, that He has given us the words and even the helper to empower us to love, to seek Him because He is within us pleading through Him. My concluding words, I would just say that nothing would astonish a fractured world that seeing a community that fears not to love in such a way with faithfulness, by being present, by being radical, that demonstrate who sits at the head of our table, bidding us to love one another even as he loved ourselves. Let us pray. Lord, thank you for this moment that evidently marked the disciples, for your words, and even for your helper, and even how this even story, this moment, these words, and this Holy Spirit marks us today. That we may not fear a love that intervenes, that comes close, that loves in such a way, even when it is not possible for us, but through your power and grace, that we may be truly your disciples to this world. For we pray it in Christ's name. Amen.